the first day on the workshop, they had me deadlift. I've never deadlifted in my whole life. And I deadlifted 500 pounds. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today I'm talking to powerlifter Andy Huang, perhaps better known online as That Huge Asian Guy. It's his moniker, not mine. Andy has put up some of the world's all-time great totals at 275 pounds body weight. And after battling several injuries over the past few years, he recently came back to top competition form. Andy joins us to talk about finding powerlifting a bit later in life and how his training approach has grown over the years. Andy also discusses the benefits of training with and around other world-class powerlifters and how their mentality helps shape his own. Also, we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbed Podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to the show. Andy, this is a very special podcast to me because this is about two years in the making on scheduling. <laughs> yes, that's that's my fault entirely. So <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a busy guy. You're competing. You're coaching. Give us the background. You're you're a noted powerlifter. You're uh, an accomplished powerlifter. How did you find strength training and strength sports? Give us like the Cliff Notes history of that. Okay, well, I started lifting at early age uh, at 15 for um, for high school football. And I'm 37 now, so I've been lifting like consistently for 22 years. Um, so after so after high school football, I, I played a little bit in college uh, at uh, Sacramento State, and then at BYU for a little bit. Um, didn't play much, didn't like it. Long story short, and then got into personal training, and I was doing personal training and actually some massage for about nine years. Um, also dabbled in like, like strength or like, like strength coaching, um, stuff like that. Um, and then I got into bodybuilding, uh, in my late twenties. And it was after that when, um, some people in the gym just noticed my, you know, lifting heavy and like, they said I should try powerlifting. Uh, and I was in the off season for my bodybuilding. So it was a good time to try it out. And I did my first meet and fell in love and just kind of made that transition. And that was about, 2016 uh so we're, we're about five five or six years now and you know when i started it was a huge not huge but it was a very fast rise to the top within two years i was number two in the world uh for my weight class um and then just ran into a series of injuries where i think i was just i was chasing uh number one and i was in a hurry to do it you know and, and i just kept just wanting to hit that next meet to break that record. But I kind of ignored like little, little injuries and things that, you know, I, I looking back now, I should have probably just taken my time more. Um, but after I would say a little over two years of, of just like um, setbacks and injuries, um, you know, I finally competed uh, or I did well at a meet uh, a couple months ago at the showdown and I went nine for nine and I was pretty much back to a hundred percent prior to like uh, my, my most major injury, which was a torn adductor. And so, yeah, that's where I am right now. Um, I'm, I think I'm currently like number four or 
all time in the 275 pound weight class. And, um, like I said, I'm 37, uh, for a while I thought, you know, it's, it's time for me to retire. I'm getting older and, and everyone here is younger and just all these new people, new young, fresh blood. Uh, I, I think I need to, uh, you know, be, be ready to come to terms with that, but, you know, training has been great, great recently. And I feel like uh, I'm back to where I was before and I have a good formula and I think I can make a push to, to back to making PRs and, and still be in this game and compete with the young bucks. What is, what is your training frequency and, and recovery schedule? Like, because, you know, as, as two people, let's just say two people in our thirties recovery doesn't, you know, you can't like lift, go out, drink all night, come back the next morning and hit the gym with the same intensity anymore. Like these young guys. No, um, actually. So, uh, when I started piloting, I was like, I was also, uh, bouncing at night. So it'd be Friday, Saturday nights. I'd be up to like 3 a.m. and I'd still be able to work out and, and, and power lift and all that stuff. So yeah, definitely not, not like that anymore. Um, so currently, uh, with my off season, I, I lift five days a week. Uh, two days are squats and two days benching and one deadlift. Uh, but the squat day is a little different than it used to be. And this is kind of one of the major changes I made is um, in the past, I would do two like squat days where like one's like the like major like competition squat, and the second day would be like a secondary squat, like a pause squat or SSB or variation. Um, but now I just um, I'm more back in the the commercial gym where I'm doing more bodybuilding stuff, where I am working legs or like a squat variation or, or like a commercialized or sorry like a bodybuilding wise like a hack squat or you know any kind of like power squat or pendulum squat any any one of those variations where it's not a barbell. Um, where it's just not taxing my CNS, my back, my joints as much. Um, but I'm still able to get the volume in my legs and stuff. And so, um, just adding more bodybuilding days where I'm not just sticking so specifically to the SBDs. I think that is the key where in the last past, past year, I've, um, able to, uh, you know, reduce injuries and kind of stay healthier and fresher. You have a coach. Currently. I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, his name's Ryan Silva. Uh, he mostly coaches a lot of women. So he's, his girls are known as silver girls, but um, he's most notably his client or his client and whatever uh, was Hunter Henderson. So yeah, it's Ryan Silva. Well, you got to be careful. Hunter's going to be out squatting you pretty soon. So. I, I know I got to keep, keep up with her. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty good motivation. Someone who also dabbles, not, I mean, maybe more than dabbles in the bodybuilding sphere. Right. So. Yeah. No, she's definitely getting ready to dominate both both uh, communities there. Very, very. It takes a special athlete to do that to be able to peak for both for two very different sports, a physique sport and powerlifting in the same calendar year, let alone a few months like she's been able to do. <laughs> right. I, I think that takes takes someone who's definitely like obviously disciplined, but also a little bit crazy because you because you're going through two two different kinds of suffering in the same year. You know, one's like a very physical like CNS that kind of suffering. The other one's more like a longer mental, like, you know, eating less and that kind of starvation. And yeah, she's, she, she's, she's, you know, great at that. And I, I think she's going to have a great future, you know, in both, obviously. One thing I've talked to, I've talked to a few bodybuilders who made the transition to powerlifting and had some success like yourself. Um, and they say their quality of life just went way up because, <laughs> be, because of, of food intake and, and being able to actually, you know, not so tightly control their diets. Although powerlifters these days, the stereotype of powerlifters just eating donuts all days, all day. 
not really holding up at these elite levels now, but at the same time, I mean, compare kind of like your, your general quality of life and happiness level now compared to when you were bodybuilding. Is there a difference for you? Uh, yeah. Biggest difference is, you know, I don't look at the mirror as much anymore. <laughs> I mean, it, that's like, I mean, I, I see that juggling, but I mean, honestly, when I was bodybuilding, I just, you just are just, it's just analyzing and, and breaking yourself down so much, like every little body part, you're comparing yourself to other people. You're just saying, this is not big enough, or this is this is whatever. I need to bring this up. So that's like a constant drag where you're looking at yourself and just judging yourself. Um, so, and then, you know, there's obviously like the, the whole physiological mental part of that, where you're just kind of never happy. Um, and, and then, yeah, like I do definitely say like there's so much time saved where I'm not worrying about every little calorie, every little bite of food that I'm eating and I'm counting everything. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I, I made bodybuilding way harder than it needed to be, but that's just the way I do things. I'm just very extreme. So, you know, where some people can go out, if they're on prep, they'll go out with their friends, they'll bring their own, you know, their own little bodybuilding meal. And they're able to like, just eat, eat, bring their own meal and still have fun. I would be the person where I just not going to go out. I'm just going to stay inside because it's just too tempting. And I was just more like more of a, a hobbit, more of a monk. Um, and, and eventually that kind of like led to me like shutting people out and, and just not being as social and just kind of, you know, not being as friendly. And I didn't like that part of, of bodybuilding too. Um, just being very vain and very, I guess selfish is a, is a good word. Um, so yeah, those are the two biggest differences is, is the eating and just, just not being happy all the time. I would say. Who in the yeah. powerlifting community are you closest to right now? Could be a training partner, someone that could be like a frenemy or even a nemesis, you know, someone you're always gutting after. Uh, no, I mean, I it's definitely my, 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 one of my best friends is John hack and we're training partners and we're also friends outside of it. So I think that's, you know, that's definitely the closest uh, person in powerlifting that I have right now. That's a, that's a pretty good, a pretty good training partner to keep you accountable. It's very accountable. It's also some days it's just very like, you know, disheartening where I'm just seeing what he does and I'm just like, okay, it's John being John again, but it's like, John, most, you, weigh how, you weigh how much less than me? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, uh, once you get over the, the shock of how, just how great he is and how he still makes improvements, um, you you just get the sense that you know you're obviously you're watching like greatness but also you like, i do get motivated and um and i genuinely happy when he hits all these you know big numbers and milestones and uh, i'm just glad that like i have someone you know so accomplished but also he also pushes me to do well so it's just a great you know uh, environment there all right what's your favorite accessory exercise and then your least favorite strength training movement okay i hate i was this hard with i hate first i hate and i did it the other day i hate i did a deficit pause deadlift so so deficit and then you got a pause and that was just killer because just it's the range of motion is longer and the, the rep it lasts longer because you're pausing and then you're just your legs and your back is pumped so that was killer um, a close second would be planks. I just hate planks. I, 
they're good for you, but I, they just takes forever and I'm just shaking the whole time and it's just an agonizing slow death. Nothing, nothing uh, makes a, nothing makes a strong person feel weaker than just like hold a plank for three minutes. Yeah. It's just your body weight. I mean, you can squat like three times your weight, but you can't hold your own body. So it's crazy. Um, favorite access or secondary move, I guess. I am a big fan of pause stuff like pause squats. Uh, I like to do that. And I like to program that with, for my clients and also with with benching, I like long pauses. So I like a three count pause. So those are the two that I I think have worked out well for me. And I think can help just about anybody uh, in powerlifting. What, when you transitioned over to powerlifting, what was the move movement that you took to quickest and what was the movement that you think in the powerlifting style you know for maximum weight at competition standard took the most adaptation or was the steepest learning curve for you um well squat was the easiest it's just something i've always done i've squatted like uh my whole life in, in squat and football um i i, I can't i squatted 405 in high school um and i already i deadlifted one time in high school because we had this program or like this i guess call it program it's called bigger faster stronger they came in and and implemented this like strength program with our football team and the first time the first day on the workshop they had me deadlift i never deadlifted my whole life and i deadlifted 500 pounds so um so those two will just come easy i guess because i have a strong back and uh legs uh so bench has definitely been the the hardest part to transition um from just like a touch and go bench and, and not being not being super tight to where you there's just way more technical to me and um it's definitely the weaker of my three lifts. Where is the place that you've competed where you had the best experience? Like what's your favorite meet? Hi, I should rephrase the best competition memory you have from your powerlifting career thus far. Well, if you could like relive it every day, you just had a switch, you could flip it on, you could like relive that moment, what would it be? Um Man, just to relive. Okay, I w- I would say it's 2017 LA Fit Expo. This is like my best raw meet ever. I went nine for nine, and I would say all my lifts I still had left a little left in the tank, and it's it's just I think it was the the meet that put me on number two in the world, and the crowd was huge because out of Expo, so there's a lot of people who weren't there just for powerlifting, but they were there in the stands walking around, and I just felt so on that day. Uh, everything went perfect and that's just something I chase all the time. Uh, I did go for nine for nine for my last meet just now, but, um, it just, it, it didn't have the same feeling, even though it was still a great environment. Um, so I definitely think that is like my best memory, something that I, I hope to like repeat. Um, but I'm also very proud. This is a second, I guess, memory of the Kern two years ago where I did tear my growing uh, on my third squat, but I finished the meet and it was excruciating pain. I had to be helped up off the bench when I benched and deadlifting was terrible. I probably hurt myself worse, but I still finished. I'm not trying to like brag about being macho, but it was just something I wanted to do because I was still able to like relatively make most of my lifts, just, you know, not maybe hundred percent. And I somehow won my weight class. So I just, it's just something that like I'll never forget in in that way too. But just finishing a meet that way. Let's talk about the state of powerlifting right now. Um, what are the trends in powerlifting you see 
that you like and what are maybe some trends or changes in the sport over you know the last five years since you've been involved at the competition level that you're a little like, eh, I'm not the biggest fan of that, that shift or that trend. <sighs> okay. Um, I think... So what I don't like, and it's, it's part of the social media and, and the way we world, the world is right now with everybody having a voice. I just think everyone has all these um, like complaints, whether big or small, about every little thing in powerlifting, like whether it's the judging or the meets or the live stream, all this. Like, like this is just like a hobby. Like This is a sport where it's like it's not a professional sport. There's no professional like lifters and like everyone's just so negative and tearing each other down. It seems like I'm sure this existed in the past, but we were able to hear it more. And these people are louder voices because of social media. Um, but I also think like, just because I'm on it all the time, I see all these comments and I read them and I, I know I shouldn't get into it, but the, it's just so negative. Um, so that's why I don't like to see. Uh, and, and a lot of these people, like, honestly, a lot of these people don't even power lift. They're just watching where their fans or, or their friends are lifting. And they, they don't know, like, some of the nuances of, like, the sport or the rules or what it takes to actually run a meet. Like, all these things that it's just, I think, just a lot of, like, like I said, negativity and ignorance. And that's something I definitely don't like. Um, but, like, and then, so that's something. But as far as, like, the actual sport, I still don't like that there's so many... Um, uh, federations. I, I don't know why we still can't like streamline it and get funnel it down from, I think at one point it was like over 200 federations to like, I don't know, 50, but cause I, I just think, yeah, it's good to have meets everywhere, but I think with the, uh, you know, the, it, it doesn't make a lot of these lists legitimate. And I think these, the, if, if you had fewer meets than the, especially the untested, then then it would grow bigger and it'd be bigger money and there'd just be like a bigger, like I said, a bigger demand for, for bigger meets and there'd be more hype. And I don't think we're ever getting to the Olympics, honestly, but I think it could definitely grow to where we're closer to CrossFit. But I just think because we're so divided, there's not a unification to where we were making progress and, and going in the right direction or the same direction to where we get to a point where it's similar to CrossFit, you know, actually over the course of this podcast, I've started three powerlifting federations just oh, awesome. background on my phone. Cool. So, and, and, and I bet 30 people have set new world records too. Like that's, that's great for them. Well, we had, we had, we had a meet people showed up uh, they complained about the depth standards and, yeah. uh, and it is a five count pause in the bench. That is the standard for all these okay. federations I just set up. No, I mean, I'm just joking, but that is to illustrate that I literally, work for a company that only covers strength sports and we have difficulty keeping all the federations straight. Yeah. And that's our job. Maybe we're just stupid. But <laughs> There's just so many. Yeah. It's, it's, it's complex. It's, um, but powerlifting has an interesting history and I think you're right. I think that, you know, it's, is powerlifting going to be an Olympic sport? Like I actually don't think so. Like, I just don't think that's in the, I don't think that's in the cards for powerlifting, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I'll, I also don't think CrossFit will ever be an Olympic sport. And I no. think that's not, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I'd rather powerlifting be, like I said, be look to, like get to the level of CrossFit than Olympics. 
And I think too that, I mean, we cover a lot of weightlifting. It's a sport very near and dear to my heart. Weightlifting's had so many issues and it's an Olympic sport with a consolidated federation. There's been so much corruption, missing, missing, missing money, bribery for the International Weightlifting Federation Executive Board. It's not like becoming an Olympic sport solves all your problems. No. Right? And if there are I issues in the community, it might only exacerbate Exactly. It might create more, yeah. Well, if, if, you, if you controlled powerlifting and you were like king of power, king of powerlifting, and you consolidated that and you like, like a, some sort of, I don't know, conqueror, you one by one conquered all the federations and brought yeah. them under your banner. You're the emperor of powerlifting. That makes more sense. That's right. <laughs> what, would, what are some things you would do? Like, what would you, would you change anything about the competition standards? Like, what, how would meets run? What would Andy's Andy controls the world powerlifting federation look like? Uh, I definitely like make it more like I guess standardized. Um, I would have judges go through like a learning process and be tested regularly, um, and, you know, and have like an or- the organization like teach that and and what the rules really mean and. Um, as part of it, um, just kind of like streamlining the best of like all these meets that like there's not one meet has ever been like perfect. There's some like close, but there are always like one or two things that like, like that the showdown, we didn't have a screen in the back room to show the attempts. And that's like a tiny little thing. Um, but what, what, from what I heard, it was just like a electrical nightmare, but still, I just think that that's something very simple to fix, but um, just stuff like that. Just little things that like this federation or this meet didn't do or that meet didn't do. And just, just take care of all those little check marks. Um, and I think I would want to like, kind of like, so with weightlifting, there's like, there's like four opens, right? Well, USA weightlifting has a series of national events on the calendar, right? There are uh, three, there's an American open series. So there are three of those. And then there's a finals, which is this year in, in Colorado. And they, that's actually pretty new. That's only in the last few years. It used to be, it, it, it allows people to basically set qualifying totals on a national stage that, and they, with the goal of qualifying for like actual senior nationals or the finals. Gotcha. Yeah. I would want something in place where it's kind of like, maybe not that exactly, but like, or like cross it where you, where there's actually like a, 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 a system or a tournament or a league for professionals and, you know, where whether you're like doing regionals and it becomes nationals, then there's actually like a world meet where everyone can't just choose their own meet to do uh, or on the time they want to do it. Or it, you just have to go against the best of the best at this state on this platform. You know, if you get injured too bad, like just you have to, you know, follow what everyone else has to do. You know, all the other major sports do that. CrossFit does that. So I just think that that could be something um implemented versus like now where there's just like oh here's a meet this time there's a meet this time and everyone kind of choose pick and choose like when they want to compete who is your dream training partner who you've never gotten a chance to train with before um it doesn't actually have to be in powerlifting it could be in you know any any athlete from across any sport but you get a gym session with them okay um so I'll do one for each. So powerlifting, um, 
So parallel, shoot, I can't because I, I have lifted with him. <laughs> okay, parallel, I don't. I, I kind of have got gone to lift or be, be like hang out with my inspiration. So like it was Dan Green and there's Stan Efforting and I've got the and Ed Cohn. I've like I've got to lift all of them. So parallel is pretty. I'm pretty set. Um, I think I would. Do, I think Arnold. Let's do Arnold. You know, I think, I think it's uh, a good answer. Ar- yeah, I think Arnold would have a lot to teach, you know, not just like bodybuilding wise, but like just mentality and uh, success, being successful in, in business and stuff like that, too. What about any, any, anyone from like a, a quote unquote pro sport? Um, I'm, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. I love Jordan. So I definitely be Michael Jordan. Yeah, but he's so competitive. He'd end up like, he'd come back the next session and he'd beat you in all the lifts. He'd find a way oh, to make it work. Okay, but it, he's supposed to beat me. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like a it's a win win. Like if he beats me, all right, I I lost the Michael Jordan. But if I beat him, it's like I beat Michael Jordan. So he's he's very. I don't know. I think I would be intimidated. Not be like Michael Jordan. Just obviously due to his accolades, but there's something about his personality. If you watch interviews with him, if you watched um, Last Dance, if you watched the Last Dance, thank you. I was blanking on it for a second. You could see my face. I knew what it was called. I watched. I watched it, but like, there's just something about him that's just a little different. Yeah. Than the average person, and and to me, honestly, it was like a little bit scary at times. Yeah, the the people who create their own like little scenario in the in their mind to give them motivated that never really happened. It's like, it's like okay. Do you did you remember? Did you ever watch? Um, is it the program? Is a football movie? Oh, with, with uh, Lattimore, Lattimore, and no, that, no, was that like it's like I, I know there are a bunch of them. There's like Last Chance You. There's the program. This, this is way older. This is like from the the early nineties. But oh yeah. No. Anyway, some just for for to reference it, the this linebacker in there, he's like talking to the the quarterback before the snap, and he's like, "Oh, you're you're the one who, who you fucked my mom." Like making up weird shit like that in your head, and that's what Michael Jordan did. So yes, there's something definitely like loose in their in their head to like use that as motivation. But kudos for them to to people like that for taking something that's like a little bit different and turning it into a superpower. <laughs> yeah, and that's just, I just don't know how many times you can do that in a game to just draw up that inner demon, but whatever <laughs> i mean it works every time you're on offense or defense i guess he was also yeah. a multi-time defensive player of the year yeah what is um okay this is this is this is a random question but i feel like asking it tonight it's late my time so i'm just gonna shoot with some weird weird ones i'm i'm good with weird all right favorite superhero um man i'm a thor guy okay yeah all right um, flight or super strength as a superpower, if you could pick one, but only one. Flight. Okay. Because I can get super strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like, I'm doing that, man. Like, I've already been working on that. What are you talking about here? Yeah, flight. All right. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Man, you had that queued up. I mean, no that's hesitation. not even a question. Yeah. <laughs> No hesitation on that. No. Um, Andy, where's the best place for people to follow along with you? Um, and you know, upcoming meets, training. I know it's kind of the off season for you right now, but you know, as you ramp, I actually should ask, any any upcoming meets in your sites right now? Um, yeah, so I I've I'm trying to say 
So back to like what I was saying, like I thought that I had to like prepare to be retired or I need to like scale back. So I, I had told myself or kind of like talked about it where I, I think I needed to only compete once a year. But this past year, I got ready for two meets, but like one of them, I, I the current I didn't end up going through because I had some hip issues. But I think that I can reasonably do two meets and be okay. So I, I've decided to do, I want to do one in like March, but I don't want to do like a big time meet. I want to do a local meet. I just haven't done that in a long time. I want my friends to be able to go. And I don't, I just don't want all that like glam and, and, just stuff I, I don't want to like worry about or see all these, like when I see all these people at these big meets, I want to talk to them. I want to hang out with them. It's, it's very hard to just focus. And I really, I could really literally want to just, just not think about all that and not see all these people and just focus on actual lifting. Like I did in the past. So I, I'm probably, I'm, I haven't chosen yet. I have to look at the, cause the schedule wasn't complete yet, but I definitely want to do a, a local meet. Uh, which I, I live in um, Orange County, Southern California. Um, so somewhere near here in March. And then I'll do the showdown uh, in September, which is six months later. So where's the best place to, for people to follow oh. along with you? Uh, the best place would be uh, Instagram. Uh, my IG name is that underscore huge Asian underscore guy. And, um, and then I, I do have a YouTube. I haven't posted in years. Uh, but you can follow me and like John on uh, the Iron Rebel uh, YouTube because uh, he's a, one of our athletes and I'm part owner of Iron Rebel and we do a lot of um, videos on there, uh, especially, you know, during prep and stuff. So you can find us there. Excellent. Andy, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs>